You're listening to the Coventry Sphinx podcast. You can follow the fortunes of our football club on Twitter, where we're at Coventry Sphinx or at commentarysphinx.co.uk. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating or a review. For more podcasts from Sphinx Football, visit sphinxfootball.com. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Coventry Sphinx podcast with me, Chris Nee, and Sean Thomas, one of our club's joint managers. This is a podcast about a football club from one Saturday to the next and everything in between. In this week's episode, Sean and I will be discussing the end of pre-season and the start of the real thing, which throws us right into the FA Cup from the off. This week's episode will see us talk about the friendly at home against Chelsea Town last Wednesday, which was a 3-2 win, some superb team playing that game, some great goals, and the new floodlights were switched on for a Sphinx game for the first time. As Sean points out in this week's interview, it's become a bit of a running theme at the club that the floodlights weren't the best. So it's really good to see that level of investment to allow us to see what we hope is going to be a really good team this season. We'll also talk about the last friendly of the summer, also at home against Nuneaton Griff this Saturday just gone. It was a 5-0 win. Highly encouraging in many, many ways. Really good football played again. Lots of excellent passing play and a few really good goals. So plenty to cheer in that last game as we go into the season proper. We'll have an assessment overall of pre-season as a whole, how well prepared we are for the new season. And we'll have a quick look ahead to our FA Cup title, Romulus. That game's kind of a big deal for us. The FA Cup at our level is really important, not just financially, despite the difference in prize money this season from last, but in terms of the overall vibe of the club and the start of the season, because we go straight in in the first game and it really can set the tone for those first few league matches as well. Before we get into the show, I want to give you the heads up that our first home game of the season is our Midland Football League Premier Division opener against Selston. That's at Sphinx Drive on Tuesday the 8th of September. Our capacity will be limited on that day, but the numbers are such that it shouldn't be a problem if you do want to come along, and I'd highly encourage you to do so if you can make it. Right then, on with the show. Our penultimate pre-season friendly was played under our new floodlights on Wednesday against Chelsea Town. It was one of those great friendlies that didn't always feel like a friendly. I think it was plenty competitive. Two teams both wanted to get a result, I thought, and that was evident in the way that the match kind of flowed. And we had to work pretty hard to make sure we got the win. So, firstly, the floodlights. It looks a different place, Sean. Does that filter through to the players? Do you get any comments about that? Have you got any comments yourself? Yeah, so it become a little bit of a running joke that the um, the older floodlights have, had seen better days and um, those games in the middle of the winter where um, it was quite shadowy and the the light was quite yellow. Um, so with the new floodlights, it, they've been tested. The, the lads noticed the difference. It was a lot brighter. And yeah, I could see the whole length of the pitch rather than it going into a bit of a, a shadow at the b- bottom corner. So yeah, it, it's a nice way of... Um, upgrading the ground and it makes a big difference it was a proper game of football and i've got no doubt the team has actual match sharpness that can only be a good thing credit to chelsea actually they again it's a team that we don't really play that often because of the the difference in the leagues but i think from reading around they've had a really long-standing manager there and they he has to work really hard year on year and i hope that doesn't sound too, too derogatory but I think what they do they have to work with what they have and I think they develop team after team after team and if they get a, 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 a good player they they often get poached and moved on so they come over and um, a little bit from the start well certainly from the start they got into us and they made it really difficult we didn't move the ball quick enough so that was the message at half time and I think yeah it was a perfect friendly and we're on our home pitch and so to score the three goals that we did I thought there were three good goals and yeah a little bit to work on but as a, a 90 minute run out it certainly met it, um, what we wanted it to. I thought it was really evident that when they had a, a draw to hold on to, they were looking to hold on to that. 
and they were working hard. Their game management was was geared towards that. By the same token, we weren't happy with that and we went out to try to win the game. So I think it was almost like a competitive match in that respect. Definitely. And I think some of the lads that came on that started on the bench, they are raw, they are developing their game and what they do sometimes is become, they are sometimes quite frustrating, but then in certain games where playing off the cuff a little bit, they open the game up and I think the substitutes made a real good, dif- good, good difference. And MJ and Mo who came on up top, again, yeah, they're, they're fit, they're raw, they're young, they've got no fear, so they just made a real difference and MJ scored his goal and it was a good goal. He did. We'll definitely talk about that goal because I think MJ's worth coming back to. Um, Ashanti Price scored a couple of them took the second of them particularly well really good team goal it came at the end of some fast intricate passing play and those movements I thought happened quite a lot in that game and we would look slick and fluid I'm thinking I think particularly of the move in the first half that nearly made a goal for Patson Tufan who was rampaging from centre back in that game I'm interested in the level of preparation that goes into that is that slick passing something that is practiced by drills so I think I think from the outset if you've got good players that are comfortable on the ball those things can happen and it happens quite organically sometimes on the pitch but certainly we do a lot of small-sided games and sometimes we do have to tell the lads that they often in, in the small-sided games they back themselves a little bit more and they they um, some of the football is really good and then the translation that onto the pitch sometimes is you've got the unknown of the the opposition but yeah, when it when it all clicks, we're we're asking a little bit more of that at the moment, where to be a little bit more fluid um, in our forward play. But um, certainly, we've got good we've got good width, we've got good quality in those areas, and when it does come off, it looks good um, for the spectator and the lads. The lads enjoy playing that way. I think I noticed a slight change from the previous game in how we used our strikers, or certainly how effectively the strikers followed your instructions. Shanson and Colin Smith, without giving the game away too much. I imagine the intention was for them to have possession a bit more often, a bit closer to the opponent's goal. Yeah, so um, I think naturally both of them want to um, come and receive. And so we're asking them to to go beyond their man a little bit more. Um, I think for the first time, certainly since I've been here, we've got two or three lads in wide areas that have got really good quality that don't always necessarily have to beat their man and they can put it in good areas. So our message to the strikers at the moment is is trust your, trust your winger, trust your midfielder and gamble and go for, go for goal and have that like poacher's instinct a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so we're just trying to get them in the areas to score goals because what they've both got is the spectacular um, finish and what we're just trying to develop, I suppose, is a, another side of them where they're getting those ugly goals or those real clinical finishes where they're gambling and getting themselves into this um, penalty spot and, and hitting the ball first time. Something a few of us discussed in the bar after the game was the ability to bring on attacking players to really put pressure on the opposition late in the game. Mo Billy and, and MJ coming on I know I wouldn't want to face either of them after 70 minutes of chasing Danny Fraser and Loz Rawlings around, especially when at least one of them was still on the pitch. The plan there from from a supporter's point of view, and I'd love to get your gaffer's insight into it, is that we're able to really put pressure on opposition for 90 minutes. Yeah, and I think where we're in a better position than possibly this time last year is that we've got good changes to make. And so I think in pre-season, it's really um, natural to give everyone minutes. But what we're able to do at the moment is every sub that we bring on either ups the tempo or maintains the pressure that we've built up. And um, as mentioned, they're both... Um, finding their feet in in adult football, but what they do is they they go at their man, they they um, commit their man, and they've both got good feet and good strength. Um, so yeah, so you can bring them on and you just let them loose for twenty thirty minutes and say go and go and have a good run out, um, and they play without fear, so they haven't got that fear of failure or anything like that. And so yeah, they're they're a good little foil for the top two. 
and so over the season, hopefully that develops and you'll see them, you'll see them getting some good minutes and hopefully some good goals this year. MJ did get himself a goal in that game. I don't want you to give too much away, but I do want to ask you about the type of player he is because he's got all of the individual ability on the ball. He's unpredictable, but he's creative as well. There are probably a handful of players in our league that have that that set of characteristics. How do you integrate somebody into a team where we have a, a very strong team ethic? We have, as we've discussed before, non-negotiables in this team, but we also have a real live wire wild card who can come on and, and I expect even you don't really know what he's going to be doing. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I think sometimes if you asked MJ, he wouldn't be able to answer the question either. And I think from a manager's perspective, I think those lads, especially MJ that's been mentioned, it'll be chalk and cheese and it'll be like Marmite where either you really rate him or uh, there'll be some people that will say he's not quite ready. But what we're able to do is give him the platform to go and express himself and try and make sure that if any errors do do occur, then he's not berated for it and he's not given, um, you know, given in a negative way that he needs to do better next time. It's just um, trying to give him the positive praise to try and um, keep doing what he's doing. He's, he's still young. He's been in an academy football um, with rugby and so quite well schooled actually and when he when it all clicks he's really he looks really direct and really dangerous I just think that over the course of the season that people just need to be patient with him and allow him to develop and hopefully have the platform to go and enjoy his football because then when he's enjoying his football hopefully it'll be more positive outcomes than than possibly what some people might tell him for the way he will take on a man or the way that he'll commit a player and then embarrass him it could be tempting to kind of pigeonhole him as a bit of a freestyler and I've played against those guys and they're easy to play against but he's a football player as well because when he needs to get the ball down and play that 10-yard pass out to Danny or to Loz, he can do that as well. You know, he's not going to be doing it all himself. So he's going to be a real threat. Yeah, and um, like you say, there's, there's this air of youthful ignorance to to the lads that we're bringing on at the moment and um it just makes it it makes it at times frustrating but at times exciting as well. And I'd rather be in that position than rather been than looking around and having an impact not having an impact on the bench so whether or not it always goes to plan is is open to debate but for the time being he's doing everything that he needs to do he's getting he's integrating quite well with the boys um him and mo and and all the other younger lads have got their little click that's in um that's developing and the wider group have taken them all on and that's what we expect really further back now we've got a really ex- exciting group of midfielders and in this game we were able to welcome back jack downs um at half time came on and played the second half and even his granddad said that he played well so he must have done all right I think he was moving a bit better Jack in that game and you can really start to see how he covers the ground and starts to conduct the play and that's an addition to what we have as as our midfield ability so we've got a, a bunch of midfielders now I think who are different in their own ways but several options for how we configure that unit yeah and I think um, again, options all over. So we just sat next door and did a, a little bit of a team meeting. There's 21 lads sat in there and um, that provides me and John with some some headaches. But certainly in the central area, Callum, Liam and um, Nooney were the mainstay of the team last year. And as it stands, and I think the lads know that they've, they've obviously got the shirt at the minute. Um, Jack maybe hasn't played as much football as he wants to and neither has Harvey, to be fair to him. And so um, it just drives people on. And again, what it does, it gives you good quality options to have. So again, you can turn around like we did today, put Jack and Harvey on and the quality in there doesn't drop. They can continue driving the team forward. So um, it's a long old season football. So um, between the five of them, they'll all play a lot of football 
it'll be a bit of a balancing act to keep everyone happy but we're just hoping to provide the environment that they, they enjoy their football so even if they're not starting week in week out they need to realise that to be successful you've got to have a decent squad on you and um, yeah to this point obviously we're not even in competitive football yet but for over the last 10 weeks they've all been pretty good at understanding that In today's game which we'll come on to shortly we started with those the familiar three in midfield will you be um, approaching that as a case of horses for courses as regards the opposition or is it a case of getting embedded in first choice three regardless of who we play and play in our game a bit of both actually so you've got your you've got your outset so we've always tried to say to ourselves that we set our own team we don't always um we don't necessarily always think of what the opposition is going to do so we try and set our own standards and set our own way of playing there are times when you do look at the opposition and you maybe think about what the best combination is going to be in there they've all got their own individual attributes that come to the fore in different situations so me and John will always have the conversation around about who we're playing who we think we're going to have in there whether or not they've got an extra man in with our three and they're only playing two in there and who might um, expose that a little bit better so again it'll just be there'll be an element of trial and error with it and lads we always want to try and play lads that are in form as well so if you're in good form you'll get you'll get your shirt Um, and then the lads this year need to know that if their form does drop they, they possibly won't have their shirt the following week as well I've had my finger over the trigger all pre-season um, with a question that I was going to ask you if something happened again, and it did happen again in this game, which is conceding a penalty. So what I was going to say is, do we concede too many penalties? Does that say anything about composure in the box? Is it something you've got your, got your eye on? We're done with all our friendlies now, so I'm going to ask it, despite the fact that it just definitely was not a penalty. Yeah. It's, it, those The ones that were given, we had one here, um, and we had one at Harborough. And I thought both of them were a case of continuous pressure in our box telling and a, a player diving in. Is that something you've spoken to the boys about? It is, yeah. So I think when penalties happen, it's, it always seems like a real big individual error, but actually it's usually a chain of events that mm. has led that lad to maybe jump in or maybe, um, you know, dive in and, and dangle his leg and the lad goes over it who's attacking. And so um, they're, they're private chats that we have with the individuals, but actually you try and look at it on the wider picture and say, what happened the, first, the phase before that or the one before that? And why didn't we clear our lines? Why didn't we pick that man? Why weren't we tied to title and that? But yeah, so we considered the three penalties. I think there's a there's an element of lads trying to be um impress trying to impress and they try and make sure that they win everything all of the time and that happens outside of the box as well and what we try and say to people is being composed under pressure is far more impression impressive than winning every ball or getting a toe on everything there are times when you have to send a lad away and i think um coming up to tuesday um again it, this isn't meant to sound derogatory but i know of a, a potential opponent who is very adept at winning penalties because he is often fouled and i think we'll just be have to be mindful of, as we go through the season that if you give if you give lads opportunities to go over they will go over and if you give op- teams opportunities to score goals from the penalty spot you're always facing uphill battle we'll move on to today's final friendly of pre-season played against nunny and griff who we played quite a lot played in the cup last year um and in pre-season i think the season before that and we haven't got a brilliant record in my time against them. So it was nice to to pick up a win today, 5-0. And realistically, I think the best assessment is that we blew them away in the first half. And that was that. Yeah, so some of the finishing in the first half is what we spoke about before, where we've been a little bit clinic, more clinically in both boxes. And that touched on a little bit about not diving in in our own box. And so um, the lads, when you go out, and I think it could have happened in the, the last few games, actually, if you go and take your chances in the first half, the game in the second half is a completely different one. And we got ourselves 4-0 up and... It, that what that did allow us to do is un, um, unload the bench and get everyone on pretty early so you get some of the lads off that have played a bit more football than others and you want to try and protect the squad for Tuesday so 
it, it worked out pretty perfectly. I think there was still a good tempo to it. It didn't feel too um, pedestrian. Um, I just think that we took our chances better and I think we defended pretty well. And so as you look at it, um, there are times when the difference in the leagues doesn't always show. But I think today we showed that we are um, a good side Um and yeah, credit to Griff. They didn't. They didn't give in. I think the second half was was more even. They had a good little um, period of possession around about sixty to, to maybe seventy five when we made all those changes and it disrupted it slightly. So yeah, perfect preseason game. Everyone's got through without any injuries, so it's worked out really well. We'll have a quick rattle through the goals. First one was Callum Woodward on the volley from uh, Lewis Noon's little clipped cross. Really nicely worked goal again. Lovely finish. Uh, and then the Ashanti Price show took over. Yeah, so he's playing very well and I might have to have a word with Martin about all the goals going up on social media because he's been followed by a few managers this week and um, I think what we do with Ashanti is that we promote him to the hilt because he's a good lad and he is scoring, he's in good form and a lot of our strikers are, are form players and so when they hit the ground running, um, they're, they're really hard to handle and I think we touched on it a couple of weeks back where Ashanti, he works really hard would like him to be a bit more of a fox in the box if you want to really use a really old cliche. But when he gets it onto his left foot, he hits the ball really well and he's scoring some really nice goals. And putting in some nice crosses as well, some of which find a top corner. Yeah. Played a lovely through ball to Colin Smith to score the other goal in the first half as well. Great finish from Colin too. Yeah, and that, that their combination is working really well. So we talked a little bit about the changes that are coming on, but those two at top at the moment are occupying defences and um, they're both scoring actually. So there's um, good healthy competition for there, but those two are... Uh, are certainly softening up the defences and so the younger lads can come on um, 60, 70 minutes and enjoy their little bit of um, additional space. So you've got to all take it into context. We're playing against teams that are also at different points of their pre-season. So whilst we didn't want to get too down, down about losing a couple of games, we don't want to get too too excited about winning a game today because it's all different circumstances. From a supporter's point of view, the partnership between Price and Smith has come on game by game this pre-season. I don't know if that's something that's, that's felt in the camp as well. And it was today where the connectivity between the two of them seemed to be the most potent part of that relationship. Is that something that, that is kind of felt inside the, the squad as well? Yeah, um, and I think that comes from playing with each other. So historically, Colin was always a lone striker and Ashanti actually put his hat into the ring and said, I need to be up there more often. And so um, we've listened to that and we've had the conversation with other people. And I think once they've now played three games together, I think, I think they've scored their goals. I think they're playing um, really well. No, four games together, actually. They're playing really well together and they're both egging each other on. There'll be some healthy competition there to who scores the most goals and things like that. So as long as they keep working hard and um, don't become selfish in their works keep keep bringing other people into play I think it's a good combination and possibly one that we haven't had for a little while because we've always been playing with one up top just to finish off on on today's game Lewis Noon scored the fifth goal in the second half more or less kicked the leather off the ball nice volley keeper got at least one good hand on it never stopping that yeah, so he hit the ball really well and he does that. When he catches it, it usually goes in. So um, fair play to me. He arrived quite late and he, as you say, it was a great finish. Um, I think he wheeled away and he did some sort of like kissing salute to his girlfriend who was watching. So he's been caught out doing that. I didn't see it, but um, I think he's talked himself into a fine as well for being overly soppy. And rightly so as well. I think if we look at pre-season in the round quickly, we've had, a, I think, a reasonable set of results in as much as results are the, the aim of the game here. I reckon you learn more from that than from winning them all or losing them all. You know, to me, that would just mean that you didn't have the right set of fixtures. So would you agree that it's it's nice to uh, have a bit of ebb and flow in terms of how pre-season goes as well? Because you learn your good lessons and your bad lessons. I think when we sat in the stand on the first session, we, um, we wanted to talk about 
um, I, I said I wanted to win every game and that still stands true but um, you go over and you test yourself against different teams and I hold this little thought about us not going over and taking our team and going and playing another team and over 90 minutes and you hope to win the game and you don't always win the game and so each week I think me and John are still um, learning in the job and I don't think anyone could ever say that they'll finish article and I, I, I'm certainly not so each week we've took a little bit more on board listened to some senior players but actually our decision is is usually the, the final one but we have, have the, the pre-season's evolved as we've gone along and we've got a now settled side um, which unfortunately means some lads are missing out but that's the way it is and certainly yeah it's been a, it's been quite a protracted pre-season but it's been, been an enjoyable one and we feel we're pretty ready for the season. We're hot on the heels of the last game now, but have you and John Woodward had a chance to have the overall conversation about how pre-season has gone? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, certainly we, we always talk in the moment about the game and we look forward to the next game, but me and John must talk, I don't know, possibly two to three hours a week in addition to actually seeing each other. Um, and they're just conversations around different things and different conversations that we might have had with each of the players and just make sure that everyone's up to speed with what's going on. And yeah, we've spoken about the pre-season. It's been really strange for everyone. Um, there's been points when I've not been here. There's been points when John's not here. We've been, we've had 30 lads for the first four weeks training every week we've had 20 lads in the match day squad and then all of a sudden it all falls into place and you get into the rhythm of um, playing and training and um, having that core set of lads and um, yeah I think we're pretty happy overall we're really we're really positive about the the lads at the moment they do all the hard work on the pitch they do all the stuff in behind the scenes sorting different bits and bobs out we've got a really good group of lads so we couldn't be any more happier we'll finish off this week by looking ahead to this coming Tuesday, which is our FA Cup extra preliminary round tie, which is always a bit of a moment in the calendar for us, um, away at Romulus for this this season. Difficult to know much so early in the season, but what type of game will you be expecting? Already it starts to build in your head. I've, I've said to the boys today that you don't want to make everything about the FA Cup game because you judge how good you are over a season, but it is exciting. Um, it's why we it's why we take part in, in non-league football is because of the first round ties or the first round uh, qualifying ties as it is in the FA Cup and I think any cup football it's 90 minutes it's 90 minutes without any extra time or replays this year and so it's going to have to be all action and um, you could quite happily sit here and argue the point for any result and one times out of three you're going to get it right and um, I think cup football is always it's just seat of your pants and um, the lads are really looking forward to it we're really looking forward to it um, we'll be we'll be over the moon if we can get a good result in that one, but we won't be too downbeat if if it doesn't quite go our way. Um, Romulus are going to be a good side, I think, and there's been loads of talk over the summer about what what side they've got. But um, I've been and seen them, and they've got a good set of players that are really well established at this level. So I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it's going to go all the way to the wire. I'm going to ask you this as a joint manager, but now I'm thinking about it, I'm also intrigued about how you would uh, respond to this looking back a few years as a player as well. Would you rather be drawn against somebody outside our league? Um, yes and no. So I had a look at the fixtures for all our league and we feel like our league is a very strong league. And I think step five leagues across the country has been a really strong league. Um, and you look at some of the fixtures, there's some really tough fixtures for a lot of teams. I think there's four or five all MFL Premier Division um, ties going on. And you could argue that either, either team are the favourite, either team are the underdog. And there's a little bit of the a known quantity so you know you can go over and we've had successful results against teams and you want to go over and do that again there is a point of 
point a part of me that I do wish they open it up a little bit further so we can go a little bit uh, further afield and play these other sides but I don't know if that's me thinking that I've got a, we've got a better chance to go and win now I'm not too sure if that's my thinking behind that but it would be nice if we do get an opportunity to go a little bit further every now and again because I think the standard of the MFL is really good and as I said we seem to always get tough draws and uh, Romulus on Tuesday night away from home is another tough one as you say no replays this season final question I'm assuming we wouldn't go there for a draw anyway no, and so um, we, we have to be really confident in our own ability and for a long, long time. Um, we've not had a good cup ped- pedigree, which you've touched on before. And I think we turn we need to turn our mentality on there that we go away f- away from home and we go and look to win games. And if we certainly don't win them, we don't lose them. But that sort of mentality goes out the window in cup football where you have to go on the 90 and be the better team. There's no holding out for extra time. There's no holding out for penalties. There's no holding out to bring them back to your home ground. So um, no, certainly we're going over to win and we're going to give, give all the lads all the preparation and will to go over and win a game thanks as always to Tomo for this week's chat that's it pre-season done we move on to the real thing Sphinx don't feature in the first round of MFL Premier Division fixtures because we happen to be the odd team in 19 on that first day so we'll wait until September the 8th for our first league game that's against Selston at home before that is the FA Cup match against Romulus at Castlevale Stadium on September the 1st. Just a quick note on the podcast itself. Now pre-season's over, we're going to start peeking behind the curtains at a non-league club in full swing. I'll be talking to some other people, more people around the club, management, players and volunteers, and showing off a little bit of what it takes to make clubs like ours work. That's all for this week. At the very least, Sean and I will be back in seven days or so to give you the inside track on Sphinx's start to the new season. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Commentary Sphinx podcast, a Sphinx football production. For more of our podcasts, visit sphinxfootball.com.